Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition. We have a very special show for you today. We have an amazing guest. He's a great friend all the way from Dallas, Texas. Welcome to the show, Kyle Wilson. Victor, my honor. Thanks for having me. Well, Kyle, you have such an amazing story, literally one of a kind. We're not here to talk so much about real estate because we're here to talk about something that underpins virtually every business. You worked with the legend himself, Mr. Jim Rohn. He's so well known. If anyone, for example, has followed Tony Robbins, he was Tony Robbins' mentor. He really was the godfather of the whole, almost the self-improvement industry, if you can phrase it that way. And you were his business partner for 18 years. An extraordinary journey, I'm sure. Tell us, what was that like? It's the great honor of my life, Victor, getting to work with Jim Rohn. And people always say, how'd you become president of Jim Rohn International and partner with Jim? And my stories, it's not the typical story. I grew up in a small town. I never went to college. I was actually doing drugs and things that you would just never would have thought would have been the path to where I ended up. But at age 19, I had a significant emotional experience. I changed my life, started a little business that eventually grew, had 10 employees, was open 24-7. At age 26, I made the decision to move to a bigger metropolitan area, expand my wings, if you will. And I moved to Dallas-Fort Worth and very serendipitously, I met someone that invited me to a seminar. I went to the seminar. The promoter was looking for salespeople. Now, little did I know that would mean making a hundred phone calls a day to try and book yourself to go speak at car dealerships and real estate companies to then sell tickets to an event. The thought of getting up and speaking terrified me even more so than making a hundred cold calls a day. But I really felt compelled to do it. And I went to work for Jerry Haynes. And, you know, within six months, I was one of his top guys. I was really in this bubble of feeling inspired to want to take on this challenge. And little did I know that would lead me to going out on my own and traveling the country, going into a new city every 70, 80 days to put on an event of a couple of thousand people. And I would hire Jim Rohn and hire Brian Tracy and hire Ogmandino. Those were three of the top speakers in the world. After about a year of doing that, Jim Rohn and his business partner split up. And I said, Jim, I think you're the best speaker in the world. I'm a pretty good promoter. I would love exclusivity to promote you and also sell your products. Now, Jim had had a couple of business partners in the past where he talks about back during the adventures and achievement, they lost $800,000 and they shut it down. And that's during the Tony Robbins and Don Hobbs. A lot of those guys were back then. And then in this current environment with his partner, his partner owed him 400,000. So he wasn't really looking for a partner, Victor. <laughs> you know, I think, so I said, listen, it'll be my company. I'll pay for everything. And let me just pay you off the top. So that way you don't have to worry about getting your cut. Not that he was, thinking those things, but he just wasn't looking for a partner. So we shook hands. I said, listen, I'll start the company. Jim Rohn International will be mine. I'll pick up the tab for everything and I'll pay you off the top. And that first year I was able to take him from 20 speaking engagements, public engagements to 110. I tripled his speaking fee and I started creating products. And one was a viral marketing tool that went on to move 6 million copies and what I found was, as I started taking Jim to all these new companies and we started getting more people on this thing called the wheel that I know we're going to talk about, 
is Jim was like the gateway drug to personal development. I mean, people would hear Jim, he would talk about, go read Thinking Grow Rich, go read The Magic of Thinking Big. So I started another company not long after called Your Success Store. And that's when I started bringing in Brian Tracy and Mark Victor Hansen and Les Brown and Dennis Waitley and so many others and promoting them as a speaker's bureau and also selling their products. So people often say, how did you get to work with all these other people in addition to Jim? It's through this other company not long after I started Jim Rohn International. It's such an amazing story. One of the things that I'm struck by, you and I've got to know each other over the last several years and we've become, I think, good friends is that you are not a hunter. You're not even a fisherman. You're maybe a farmer. You're definitely playing the long game. And you're not one of these folks that even believes in something that's often referred to as a marketing funnel, which is still very goal-oriented, where the goal is the sale. You're taking a much longer-term view than that. Well, I would say I am fishing. I, I don't hunt, but I do fish. And so fishing means... I create things the marketplace wants, in particular, the avatar of who I'm trying to attract. I put it out. So I call it attraction marketing. I create the things, figure out, you know, Jim Rohn shared one of the great lessons when I started working with him. It changed my life. He said, if you want to become successful, learn to bring value to the marketplace. So I think everything begins with that premise. How can I bring value? And then you start asking the question to who, who am I here to serve? who can benefit what I have to offer, which kind of gets down to your secret sauce as well. And so that's what I did with Jim. I'm like, I think Jim's this great speaker, but no one really knows who he is. What's his secret sauce? What makes him special? And that led to now packaging that and putting that out in the marketplace. And you're right. I don't hunt. So people say, Hey, why don't you go try and get this guy. And I'm like, well, is that guy a fan of Jim Rohn? Is that guy a fan of what we're doing? If they're not, no, I'm not going to go hunt them. But what I will do or create things through social media and through email list and through events and through podcasts that might be hooks that they would be interested in what we offer and attract them. And I call it principle-based marketing. I believe there are tactics and I'm a tactic guy. You know, I was able to build a million plus list. I sold millions of books using tactics. So you don't do that without having tactics, but tactics are heavily influenced by technology. So they're constantly changing the tactics I used in 1989 to go book myself, to go speak, to sell tickets, then evolved and kept changing. Then the internet comes and those are new tactics. And today in 2021 tactics evolve, but principles stay the same. The very same principles going back to then haven't changed. So here's a couple of principles I have. My goal is not to sell someone. My goal is to get them on what I call the wheel and build a relationship with them. And so if I have a way to get them on my email list or get them listening to my podcast or have them following me on social media, we can build trust over time. They either like what I'm offering or they don't. They like the guest I'm bringing on or they don't. And as they do, occasionally you do have to give them something to say yes to. And so occasionally I'll have an event or I'll have a product or I'll have a book or I'll have a podcast I'm on. They'll say, hey, go check out the podcast. And then they get to interact more. So that's really the will for me is get people on it and then take them around to the different spokes I have of products and services and why it's different than a funnel. A funnel would have more of an agenda. 
I got you here. Now I want you to buy this. My agenda is only what fits for you. And I have a lot of different things and occasionally I'll bring them up. And if it's something someone has interest in, then I want to make it easy for them to say yes. The wheel metaphor for me works on a number of different levels because you've often heard the idea that you need multiple touches before somebody actually makes a sale or makes a purchase. And it's not that you need the multiple touches. It's that intersection between the offer and the client needing it at that point in time. I might get a coupon for Domino's Pizza, but if I'm not hungry at that moment in time, that coupon's probably going in the recycle bin. But if that coupon arrives just at the moment and it's a Friday night and, you know, it's hot out and I don't want to turn on the oven and all of that sort of thing, Domino's might just get a sale. So, so true. And that I think is one of the fallacies of when people say, I sent out an email and no one responded. Well, that doesn't mean it was the wrong email. It doesn't mean it was the wrong offer depending on what industry someone's in, there's all kinds of things going on. Sometimes people are upside down. They're going through health issues. They're going through family issues. Maybe they already bought what you're selling. Maybe they don't have the revenue at that time to buy it, or maybe they're just not even looking at emails. They're hitting delete, 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 delete. And I'll say the reason I am a fan of email is precisely of what you said. You have the ability to touch a list if you own that list. We don't own our social media list. We don't own our podcast list. So we're hoping someone will see us on Facebook that day or on Instagram or see us on YouTube or will happen to watch that podcast. But getting the email as an opportunity for them to open it at the right time. And there's so many things that play into that. Sometimes it's the subject. Sometimes it's the specific offer. But yes, the ability to go out to your audience and not be attached to if they say yes or no, but just having the opportunity, I say, for people to raise their hand and want to know more about it. I believe that in this point in time, 2021, that the marketplace, they're tired of being sold. There's just so much fatigue that interruption marketing doesn't work anymore. People are willing to be educated and they're attracted by positive energy. So a little bit of buzz marketing works, in my opinion. Do too much of that, it becomes the little narcissistic Kim Kardashian, look at me sort of thing. But a certain amount of excitement is attractive from an energy perspective, and people are willing to be educated, but they have to self-select, they can't be sold. Does that resonate? Yeah, 100%. And I think that's why it's so important just to be yourself and put things out as it occurs to you. And those that are interested will say yes, and those that aren't won't. You know, I think of when I'm talking about email lists, we know texting's popular. And so I always want people to have a distinction based on what industry they're in. I'm not a big fan of texting your customer if you're a real estate developer. Well, let me say that differently. Texting a prospect. Right. Texting's a great communication, but having your whole entire list on a, a text Use that at the right time. Now, if I'm in the fast food business, if I have a, a restaurant, I think texting's amazing. Hey, happy hour this Friday at three o'clock. Depending on the industry you're in, if I owned a, a restaurant, having an app that I get people on the app and I'm pushing specials and buy one, get one free, yes, I think a combination of phone and email are perfect. But if you're in the long game, then it's more important, I think, that really the list I want to own is the email list. 
And I text people often, but I don't group text people. You got to save that very carefully depending on the industry you're in. So someone gets to meet Kyle Wilson, they somehow get on your list. What would be their incentive to get on the list and where do they go from there? Yeah, I like to give things that they might want. So I have multiple books, I have one called 52 Lessons I Learned from Jim Rohn and Other Legends. And it's teaching. I'm sharing examples of things I've learned from John Maxwell or Zig Ziglar and of course Jim Rohn and Brian Tracy and Darren Hardy. And so collaborating with these legends for 25 to 30 years could be everything from marketing to leadership to communication to sales. I also have a recent book called Success Habits of Super Achievers that has every single name I just mentioned, minus Jim Rohn, because he's no longer with us, uh, unfortunately. But, you know, Darren and Brian and Les and John Asaraf, and we have Grammy winners, Emmy winners, thought leaders. And so if people get on my list, I'm happy to send them those digital copies, plus some interviews with all these iconic people as well. And so it's give value build a relationship over time and occasionally say, Hey, I got a memory and marketing event, or I have a special inner circle event, or I'm doing a special podcast with someone that they might have interest. I just did a podcast with Phil Collin of Death Leopard. And I've worked with Phil since 2013 and they've moved a hundred million albums. So, you know, he's got a following now, not everyone's interested in that. And so hopefully they don't delete it when they get the email, but for those that are, I'm talking two hours of behind the scenes with the guy that I've worked with and been to his house multiple times. He's been to my house multiple times. So we're not having that typical conversation of someone interviewing someone they don't even know. I mean, we're talking vulnerabilities and stories that wouldn't necessarily be shared. You know, I did Darren Hardy for two hours at his house and it's the only podcast he said yes to in four years. So again, we're going there. And I always ask, is there anything you don't want me to ask? And 99% of the time they say, ask me anything you want. And we, I do, you know, I do. Cause I could edit out if I feel like it's not gonna serve them well or serve the audience well. My point of that is you announce it to your world and it's not gonna be interesting to everyone. And so you gotta be okay that you talk to your list, you try and bring value, not every, Email is going to check the box for someone. Not every podcast is going to meet what someone wants. But if you keep trying to bring value to the marketplace, occasionally you'll have something that people really want and you're bringing to them something they couldn't get very easily somewhere else. The podcasting medium is one of those new media and certainly it's attracting a lot of investment. A lot of the major traditional media networks are making huge investments in podcasting. And in podcasting circles, one of the questions that keeps coming up often is, how are you monetizing? How are you monetizing? And I get that question too, frequently. And I say, I don't want to monetize. <laughs> and they look at you like you're strange, like, what do you mean? And it's as if you have to somehow be like a toll collector at the edge of the bridge, collecting 25 cents every time someone passes through the turnstile. I don't view it that way. And I don't think you do either. No, and I get the big players that do that, and that's totally okay. I think anyone starting out, though, has to resist the thought that they're going to make money off a podcast. Uh, a podcast is a gift you're giving the world. 
And that's actually how I felt selfish about it. It's like, here, I'm with Brian Tracy at his house for two hours talking gold. Can I share this with the world? But yeah, it's a lot of work and I'm flying on an airplane and you know, you're spending a lot of time and oftentimes a film crew and you're not monetizing it in the short term, but it is a gift you can give someone. And so I think that you and I both know marketers and I'm kind of the anti-marketer, even though I am a marketer, they're always selling you on why you should do something to make money. I think with a podcast, it's definitely a long-term deal to build relationships, bring value. And occasionally you will be able to monetize it by promoting something you're doing. But long-term, yeah, if you build a huge audience and people want to come, certainly you're entitled to have sponsorships and do all kinds of things. What I'm not a fan of is if someone's selling people being on their podcast. Now that I'm not a fan of that at all. Just like I'm not a fan of someone making speakers pay to, to speak to an audience, right? So I think giving great content, if you build a big enough listenership, having sponsors, I'm totally cool with that. But I think where people get off track is they think they're going to monetize it in the beginning. And I think that's stepping over dollars to get pennies. You want to build an audience that likes you, they refer you, they're getting value. And then occasionally, if you can offer something of your own, that's how you're going to monetize it. I love your perspective. I think we're absolutely kindred spirits in that respect, many respects. If folks want to connect, if they want to learn more, what's the best way? I think just send an email to info at kylewilson.com, or they could even send an email to kyle at kylewilson.com. Of course, they can go to kylewilson.com, have a ton of resources, over 100 blog posts, all kinds of cool things. But they send an email to me. I'm going to send them the success habits book I mentioned. I'll send them back footage that you can't get anywhere else in my interview with Darren Hardy and Les Brown and Phil Collin. And when they do send an email, just put Victor's podcast in the subject and tell me a little bit about yourself. If you're a Jim Rohn fan, how you found Victor, whatever you want to share with me and I'll forward it to Victor as well. That'd be great. Fantastic. Well, Kyle, I love when we get together, you know, sometimes we'll get on a Zoom call late into the night and, and then we look up and say, oh God, it's time to go to bed. So I love the time that we get to spend together. And for the listeners at home, definitely reach out to Kyle at kylewilson.com. There's a ton of amazing resources there. There's 52 lessons. And definitely send them an email to kyle at kylewilson.com to get the success habits of super achievers. Some amazing authors contributed to that compilation book. And in the meantime, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.